Hi, I'm Daniel Torres Dwyer, and welcome to this special edition of Alice International's Career Success Podcast. With International Women's Day coming up, we are hosting this special edition of the podcast dedicated to the topics of female empowerment in business and gender diversity as a whole. And for this, we have invited probably the best guest that we could have within, at least within consumer goods, who's Anne Engerand, currently the SVP of um, RB Beckett Bank Keyser Health for Latin America. Why is she the best guest that we could have? Well, she's lived in France, which is her home country, the UK, India, Belgium, and currently in Mexico, gone through four maternity leaves, two long period sabbaticals in which she studied, helped the homeless and people affected by AIDS, and even wrote a novel. So I'm very happy to have her here to discuss this topic with us. Hi, Anne. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And no, it's our pleasure. And thanks for being here on this uh, special International Women's Day podcast. My pleasure. Excellent. So wanted to ask you, first of all, how have possibilities for women to advance in business evolved since you entered the workforce? You know, I, I've entered the workforce nearly 30 years ago, so it's quite a long time. It's nearly a generation away. If I reflect on that time, I think at the same time, a lot and, and very little has changed. If you think about it, you know, if I try to put some model around the around my answer, I think that women are suffering from four main issues. The first one is, you know, the attitude of the society, the perception of the society about women. Yeah. The second one uh, would be, you know, um, real issues that women are confronted uh, to as a woman or when even more when they become a mother. Uh, and I'm going to elaborate on that one. The third one is all the unconscious bias, you know, from from others, especially men, you know, around them in the workforce. Yeah. And the last and, and not always the least, unfortunately, is, is, you know, the lack of confidence from women themselves. So, you know, in 30 years, if I start with the first one, which is the societal, the, the attitude of the society, I think here a lot has changed. And if I take my personal case, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've I've been an expat for 18 years now, yeah. and my husband followed me uh, and and taking care of the kids. We have four children, so it was his main job, you know, to be the home dad, if I may say so. <laughs> you know, in my first move, uh, we went in the UK. He was actually the only home dad, uh, which was not that easy for him because you have to, you know, you're quite alone with a group of women at the at, at the exit of the school and uh, and you have to leave your your life of home dad alone so that was you know our first move then in our second move we went to india and there was actually two others home dad you know who were not working especially in india because you know it's a country we usually give only one working visa so you know if you go with a working uh, wife you you can't work yourself but it was already you know uh, a bit better and now, you know, after a lot of moved, uh, you know, we are in Mexico and uh, strange as it may be, you know, there is a group of, I think, 10 to 15 men who don't work, who are here to accompany their, their wife. Well, that's a change. Having the job. So a, a big change, which clearly uh, helped 
releasing the tension that you can have in a couple when uh, you know the, the 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 woman is the one who decides to have the career. So it clearly makes the things easier. You know, it, it enables your partner to to have different occupations and uh, and you know the way people look at you are, is completely different. Yeah. So I think on on that first point, which is the attitude of the society, I see a lot of change. On the second point, which is, you know, the real issues that women or, or mothers even more are confronted to, I think here also a lot of things have changed because, you know, more and more companies uh, in their program to, to help develop women in the workforce, you know, are putting in place programs where you have uh, more flexibility uh, which is absolutely key, you know, as a, as a woman or a mother, so flexibility to have longer maternity leave and as a result, you know, come back only when you feel you're really ready. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's a big change. And unfortunately, I have also to touch on the, on the policies around sexual harassment, which is a reality women have been confronted to. And here again, you know, I think uh, especially with the Me Too uh, movement uh, companies are more and more strict in terms of no tolerance, you know, for oh, really? yeah, and and much more supportive of, uh, much more admitting that it's an issue and much more supportive of uh, of women. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that they had a direct impact on business. The Me Too movement. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you know, let's not uh, close our eyes. Now, if I go to the third point, which mm -hmm. is the unconscious bias from, from others and especially men, I think here again, you know, companies are, are, are trying to do a lot, you know, are, are running programs to uh, make people more conscious of unconscious bias. But I think this will take a bit more time, you know, because it's unconscious. <laughs> you don't solve it with yeah. a new or... So, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I think we are just at the beginning of the change on that topic. Yeah, yeah, and, makes sense. Yeah. And on the last one, which is the, the, the lack of confidence, you know, the attitude of the woman themselves, so a kind of self-inflected uh, issue, I think this one, unfortunately, is the one which will take I mean, which is just the beginning and we will, we need even more time to really see a change. There are, there are things happening, you know, companies like, you know, mine, RV is putting a lot of uh, support groups, mentoring programs, you know, to help women uh, understand better, you know, how they can be more confident, more successful, more uh, assertive, you know, in, in the way they work. You know, it, it's not something which is easy to change. So maybe we need another generation. I mean, that's my perception. That's really interesting. How are you encouraging your organization to be more gender diverse then? Clearly, you know, RB, which is Wicked Bank, is my company, is, is really trying to, you know, push that uh, topic of gender diversity. We are having a program which is called DARE you know, to really encapsulate yeah. everything we do for, for women and men, you know, to try and, and help gender diversity. There are things like flexibility. Uh, I spoke uh, about it. So, you know, uh, longer uh, paid maternity leave, opportunity for the woman to decide to prolong 
a maternity leave unpaid, but with the reassurance that, you know, she will have a job when she yeah. comes back. Keeping uh, uh, her in touch during her maternity leave, uh, like, you know, uh, ability for her to keep her computer, her emails, her phone, you know, which may sound like stupid, but it's really key to secure that when you come back, you are not completely disconnected and you've missed out, let's say, six months or one year of the company time. So that's one. Flexibility mm -hmm. in terms of uh, home office, working hours. There is also something we call go fast, go slow career. So, you know, the opportunity for a, for a woman or a young mother to, to decide that, you know, okay, she will take things easy during yeah. that year. She's back with a small baby and she cannot, you know, commit to the company as much as she did in the past or she will do in the future. There is, you know, mentoring uh, support groups I spoke about. So, you know, we, we try to have mentors or, or talk from inside the company you, using, you know, uh, women who succeed in the organization as role model to share their personal experience. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, mentor, external mentor, you know, for all our uh, top female talents, you know, to, to secure that, uh, uh, you know, they are encouraged in, in their career. Okay. And mentor, mentoring of key um, top men talents also, you know, so that they understand better, you know, the, uh, the specificity of, uh, of female leadership. But ultimately, we say, you know, a culture is who you promote. <laughs> ah, so, that's a good uh, point of view, yes. <laughs> absolutely. So, in fact, you know, there is um, who you promote or who you ask to go. So, you know, there is zero tolerance for sexual harassment. So, uh, that, that's, you know, something that is very visible in the company. Okay. And there is more and more discussion around share the concept of share of promotion so we not only look at you know uh, how many female you have at different level of the organization but mm -hmm. we look at the the share of promotion of female versus male and we try to correct that by securing that you know in every single interview we have at least a woman you know presented as a candidate we are not yet applying quotas, but you know, that's a bit of the, it's, it's, it's going towards, you know, the concept of really trying to consciously yeah. help promote women in the organization. Yeah, no, that's great. And if you can do that even without quotas, that's fantastic as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, the quota question is a difficult one, but, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you, completely uh, refuse to consider that, you know, quota or share of promotion or, you know, numbers can help, you know, I think you're, you're never going to solve it. Mm -hmm. So you no, need to find the right balance between, you know, uh, giving the impression that women are promoted just because they are a woman, which yeah. is not right. But at the same time, you know, being consciously aware that if you don't correct the bias you know, you will never ever be able to solve it. You are not going to make great progress neither. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And actually, how do you see this uh, topic or if you like to see it that, that way issue evolving in the next few years? Um, you know, I, I wish I could say it's going to get better and better. 
<laughs> no, clearly, I, 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 we spoke about it. There is a lot of work happening inside companies and outside in the society to to try and, uh, and push that topic of gender diversity. But unfortunately, when you look at the um, history of humanity, you can see that, unfortunately, you women, you know, very often suffered from, uh, you know, it's not a linear progression. It's like cycles. Yeah. And you know, it goes up and down. So each time there is a economic crisis or political or religious tensions, you know, uh, we have to recognize that women are very often, you know, the first one to suffer and things can go backwards uh, on the topic of gender diversity. You know, we, we have, unfortunately, the illustration of that point in some uh, Arabic countries, you know, where yeah. women were really uh, quite highly empowered and, and, you know, it went backwards to, uh, to an extreme situation. So yeah. um, I, I have to say I'm worried because, you know, we have big changes coming uh, that, you know, the, the, the society and the economy will have to face. You know, I'm thinking especially of climate change, which will, uh, I think, you know, dramatically change the economy and the society. And um, I'm afraid that, you know, uh, women may be at risk and uh, I don't know what will happen, but... Um, I think it's it's a topic we need to to keep closely uh, in our heart, you know, so that we don't go backwards. Personally, I have four daughters, so <laughs> you know, as a, as a mom, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I'm really I would love to say that you know uh, we are on a positive trend and things will continue to be better and better, but we need to watch out. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very interesting point of view. And if most companies today, well, considering actually that most companies today are dominated by males, who should be driving this transformation? Or how can the woman at the bottom drive this? Maybe you, I, you can give us a bit of your own experience as well in driving your career. Yeah, so first let me let me start by saying that why are companies driving this topic, you know, even if, as you say, they are today mainly dominated by males? It's, mm-hmm. it's a fact. I think that for me, there, there, there are two top reasons for them to do that. You know, the first one is an economic one. Uh, it's proven with data that, you know, the, 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 the more diverse a company is, the most successful, you know, this company is. There is a direct correlation between diversity, not only gender diversity, but, you know, cultural, ethnicity, religion, uh, diversity and, and the success of the company, especially in our new world, uh, which is completely global and, you know, for which the, 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 the capacity to, uh, to adapt uh, itself is absolutely key to, to make a company successful. That's the, the, the main reason why, you know, even if a company is dominated by males, they want to drive that topic because it will make them successful. Mm-hmm. The, the second, uh, I think, reasons why they're driving this topic is, you know, it's because it's a way to attract the, 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 the young workforce. More and more, you know, the youngsters, the millennials, you know, are selecting a company they want to work for based on uh, criteria like, you know, uh, how uh, 
uh, good the company is for the government, for the society. And yeah. you know, I, I think this is becoming a, a criteria which is more and more uh, important. I think, you know, there could be another reason also why companies who are dominated by males is driving it is mm -hmm. I hope that one day, you know, consumers will also be able to uh, start to vote with their purchases. You know, we, we see it happening on the sustainability topic where more and more, you know, consumers are deciding which brands they are going to use, you know, depending on uh, who this brand is, is for the environment or, you know, for, for the for the society. So why not think about a world where, you know, uh, consumers start to also select a company or a brand based on, 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 on a gender diversity criteria, you know, which will be published by, by company or brands. I think it has started to happen in, in some niche segment. You know, there are companies who are more and more um, created by women for women. You know, like, for example, yesterday, RB announced, you know, the acquisition of... Uh, Upspring, uh, which is a, a, a small uh, e-commerce focused uh, company funded by moms entrepreneurs in 2005, okay. focused on uh, pre and postnatal uh, healthcare needs, you know, for, for moms and women. Uh, so it was really, you know, something which started by, was started by some moms for moms. It's a niche, but it's an example of, you know, how we can push the boundaries and, and, and really select a company or a brand due to uh, not gender diversity, but, you know, like gender focused, I would say. Yeah, in, in absolutely. And, and any insights on, on how like women maybe that are not in the board yet, maybe one, two labels below, how can they drive that? Any recommendations you would give? Yeah, so I think it starts, you know, as I said, it starts by, uh, you know, the, 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 the new uh, recruits, you know, the new entrants in the company who can really decide, you know, in the, in the interview, they can really, you know, start to ask questions about gender diversity and career paths and what is being, uh, you know, done for women. I think we completely always underestimate, you know, the power that, you know, people we want to recruit in companies can have in a company. So, you know, I would encourage every new entrant to ask that question in an interview to show, you know, that it's important for them. And then once you've joined a company, it's, it's uh, about participating to the programs that already exist in the company, you know, showing your interest. And if those programs don't exist, really having the courage to uh, go and see, you know, your HR department or your hierarchy or, you know, the top uh, uh, people in, uh, in, in the company to suggest, you know, to do things for you. If I look at my own case, yeah. you know, I've been so 22 years at RB, which was, I think we can say, a, a, a pure example of a male-dominated company. <laughs> I mentioned this DARE program, which already, which today exist in the company and it's very, very important. Yes. But this their program was, was put in place only in 2016. If yeah, I it's quite recent, right? Yeah, quite recently. So if I take my own example, you know, I did two breaks 
two sabbaticals uh, in uh, in my career. Well, and that's great. I'm sure lots of people will be jealous to hear that and then reach an SVP level. And Indeed. And, uh, you know, that was not an easy negotiation. You know, the first time I was in France, I just had my uh, my girl number three and mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to take a, a year off. Uh, and it was quite unusual. So, you know, I had to uh, uh, be... Uh, Uh, really convincing, you know, that, you know, it was okay, I would come back, I just needed some some time off, and, you know, that uh, uh, I will fully commit, be fully committed when I come back. So that was one negotiation. And then uh, when I was in India in uh, 2006, you know, I uh, again wanted to take some time off. I had just completed three years in India, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, focus on my work, a lot of um, sacrifice for the family, you know, because usually I was spending the, the summer alone in India while they were back in France. And I talked to my hierarchy and said, uh, you know what, before you move me to the next, um, I'd like to take at least six months off, you know, and, and have time with my three girls and, you know, do something else. And uh, yeah. Again, you know, I had to uh, go up to the CEO at this time to negotiate this exception. It was a bit easier because I had done it, you know, once already. So they knew. yeah, they knew it worked <laughs> exactly. But you know, I, I managed to uh, to negotiate it and um, and get an agreement. And uh, and then I fell pregnant. So you know, there is yeah. a joke that I'm the only woman who announced. A maternity leave before becoming pregnant. That's very good for planning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, so, you know, I mean, beyond this personal example, I think nothing is impossible. It really depends on, you know, if you don't have that kind of programs, yeah. your managers, talk to HR, fight for your uh, rights. Uh, for sure, you know, do it at the right moment. It would have been completely stupid of me, you know, to ask for a sabbatical after one year in the job because you know that, you know, uh, you, you, you're going to create a lot of disruption. But, you know, try to find uh, the good time and, uh, and, and, and start this conversation with, uh, with, with your hierarchy. And if they don't accept to listen to you, change company. <laughs> that's, that's a great advice. And, and then I have to... Thank you a lot for this great advice. And I would say even inspirational advice, at least for me. So thanks a lot for being here with us today on this uh, special edition of the Career Success Podcast. Thank you. You know, as you can see, it's a, it's a topic which is really close to my heart as a professional and as a mom of four daughters. Yeah, that's why we thought of you. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. And we'll see you in the next edition of the podcast. Thank you.